Two walks are like me, you gon' pick and choose I seen dudes feet just to get in the loop Push to they point, they like Tupac and Juice They got sick of the running and pick up the deuce Local gon' make niggas shake in they boots Looking like Ricky when they in pursuit I got a dream that I'm trying to pursue If it feel, I'm like Biggie, just give me the loot Megatron, Megatron, bitch, I'm a villain Pressure wrong, pressure wrong, tell me to kill it Leprechaun, leprechaun, green to the ceiling Put six dots up on your head, now you krillin' Double cross me from the gang, you forbid it Never a way that you gon' be forgiven Weapons draw, weapons draw, now blood is spilling. This happens every damn day, the earth spinning. Talk to my demons, they got me believing that I'ma go crazy like I'm Majin Buu I'ma just go right through anyone in front of my money and everything I'm trying to do But they can't stop me, these niggas don't like me, these niggas is whack and I feel like the news Some of them, they just be blind to the fact cause they mans got some up and they don't have a clue I'ma just leave all these little niggas hurt, all you gotta do is just mention me first Niggas be mad cause they making this dirt and be me cause I put all these beats in the hearse They like the way I be going berserk, try be like me but ain't putting in work Talking on Twitter, I'm thinking they birds, mention me and I I bet you my niggas gon' lurk Niggas they knew I was different since birth You not a hundred, don't like to converse Niggas be bitches, should put on a skirt We send you to the doc, we send you to the nurse Creeping the luck cause I stay on alert Finish the nigga and one is for sure Get to the line and I'm finna convert You not eating, you niggas save room for dessert Hate is contagious, but I got the anecdote Poppin' they top like I opened the can of coke If niggas ever forget and they think I'm in last I'll drop 50 just like I'm LiAngelo I make your bitch come right out of her pantyhose Niggas run up and these niggas on panic mode Rippin' these beats, all my words highly flammable 007, I'm a fucking animal ah. Alright, and we are back once again for another good episode for K-Rod Sports and Gaming Universe Podcast episode number 8 or 9? Not too sure. Um, I'll um, update that in the number, but what is up everybody? It is I, Kiernan Rodriguez, aka K-Rod7435 on the YouTube. And um, y'all can find me over at my um, Instagram at KiernanRodriguezSex. Yeah, let's get right into it, man. Um, wow. Yeah, last weekend was a blast. Um, I'm going to be talking about that to recap on Art to Better Beer versus Joe Smith Jr. And um, also talk about Mr. Abraham Supernova, unfortunately losing to um, uh, um, the Cuban fighter, Robesi Ramirez. And then after that, we'll probably talk about uh, this upcoming weekend for Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez versus Sirangwisai. And I think that's about it. Um, I'll probably maybe chime in a little bit on Jessica McCaskill, but that's really it. I mean, there's really nothing else really going on other uh, other than that BKFC um, event that will be, uh, I think, uh, possibly set up for the future. I'm not like like I'm not too sure. Um, I think I think that's this Friday, and I don't know where. I think it's down in Miami, but either way, um, let's get right into it, man. Um, we have a lot of uh, good fights that happen this past um, weekend. Um, obviously, with uh, the fight with Arthur Bedebirev and Joe Smith Jr., for those of you that don't know, um, Arthur Bedebirev uh, basically flatlined Joe Smith Jr. Um, it was a good fight. Um, well, <laughs> to the fans that like Arthur Bedebirev, including myself, because Arthur Bedebirev, he's a monster, um, he's an absolute killer. And um, I just like everything that he's done leading up to the point of, of just him just basically thrashing Joe Smith Jr. and just making the fight look a lot easier than expected. Because people really did think that Joe Smith Jr. had had a chance to beat Arthur Bedebirev, but I didn't think so. I just knew, like, just by looking at the, um, how should I say, like, just by looking at the, the, the level of skill set between them, Arthur Bedebirev had nothing to show weakness of to lose to Joe Smith Jr. Versus Joe Smith Jr., he had more to actually be exposed with, with his uh, skill set and abilities. And I think uh, the the biggest problem that, that a lot of fighters in boxing don't understand is that when you don't have a good jab and you don't facilitate yourself with the proper style to keep yourself at the level that you're supposed to be in, 
then you're going to get knocked out. And Joe Smith Jr. clearly showed that he had no jab to use, in which he had, like, like um, um, he had a good, decent jab, but the problem was is just that he wasn't using it enough. He was just trying to, like, go in there, try to knock out Artur Beterbiev, and I'm just thinking inside, like, my head, like, dude, that's so mentally retarded that even, like, a, like... I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but even like um um even a low level beginner amateur in boxing would know better to throw their jab before trying to go in there trying to knock somebody out and trying to act like as if they're going to just, you know, roll, you know, right through their opponent. And that just doesn't make any sense because it's just like I don't know. I think um honestly the biggest issue with Joe Smith Jr. is that he is very, very careless when he believes that he could try to knock you out. And I think um, the biggest problem of like um, with him is just that he puts himself in a very, very bad position where he knows he's not able to do the things that he wants to do. And I think that like uh, completely showed from Arthur Berberov's case for him to be successful to beat the living crap out of Joe Smith Jr. and make the fight a lot easier than expected. So, I don't know, man. I think, honestly, like, it, it, it pretty much showed up the levels uh, to boxing because Joe Smith Jr., he had no answer, and he just wasn't really, like, uh, there. He wasn't he wasn't able to to do the things that he wanted to do. And I think the problem with him was just that when you can't do the things that you want to do, you really can't put yourself at that point to say that you're ready for all the other championship-level fighters because you basically got your ass beat in your hometown. And excuse, well, you know, like, my uh, vulgarity, but it's just that I don't understand why Joe Smith Jr. allowed Artur Baderbirov to basically get into his rhythm, and he basically just... Like, honestly, he just really just uh, destroyed everything. He, he like, he made everything so much more difficult where the fight itself just basically ended so bad to the point where he wasn't able to do the things that he wanted to do. And it's just, like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why he did that. I don't understand why he uh, basically, um, um, he basically just had no, you know, educated, you know, a defensive mechanism to actually make better beer of, you know, be um, respected with his uh, punches. But I think, honestly, Joe Smith Jr., he just got walked down. Um, Arthur Better if he's a beast, he's nobody to play with. And he just shows that when you let him get into his rhythm, he's just going to crush you. And Arthur Better if he's a very, very deadly puncher, um, I would I would basically describe him as a as a very strong, uh, deadly boxer puncher. He can definitely box even at 37 years old. That's very very interesting. Most fighters that are older don't really have their boxing ability anymore. And the only thing that doesn't leave you know from your boxing skill set is your power as you get older. So the fact that Archer Beterbiev keeps himself in shape. Even though, like, some people like to say is because he's a devout Muslim. And I don't find that to be true because there will, there will be certain guys out there that use their religion as an excuse to say, Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't do things right this time or that time. Nah, man. It's either you are just a dedicated fighter and you focus on the game. Wait, hold on. Give me, like, one second. All right, I'm back. So, yeah, basically back to what I was saying. Joe Smith Jr., he has a good, decent style to do the things that he wanted to do. But the the, the, the problem with him is just that with a guy like Archie Bederbirov that stays inside the gym and he's always back to his normal self that will do the things that he can do. Um, it's just that he doesn't have, um, how should I say, he doesn't have the 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 uh, fighter uh, discipline, um, like a weakness to not you know have a have a camp where he's not out of shape. Um, I think I think Artur Beterbiev, um is a very very 
good, dedicated fighter. And I think he just shows that he's just a very, very good, um, whatchamacallit, um, he's a very good, um, competitive, spirited, minded person that really puts himself on a, a high-level display where he's able to do the things that he wants uh, to do. So, I guess as far as where he should go from here is that um, Arthur Bederbirov should focus on going for the Dmitry Bivol fight because a lot of people really want to see him do it. And um, I think him and uh, Bivol for Undisputed is like, the best uh, thing to do. And I think, um, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, like you obviously want to see you know, your fighter become uh, the best, and I think that's something that we all want to see him do. But the biggest problem that I have is just that um, knowing how the promotional stables are in boxing, uh, we obviously have the PBC and top rank that would have to come together. Or actually, no, it would be top rank and matchroom. But that's really the biggest issue because Bivol, if I'm not mistaken, he is signed with matchroom if I'm not mistaken, but it, it, it doesn't stop him from making business with Better Beerov for Undisputed. Because for those of you that don't know, Better Beerov, he's not like, like um, how should I say, he's with Top Rank, I know that, uh, but he's advised by Al Heyman through the PBC. So, like, technically, Better Beerov is his own, you know, promotional free agent. So, I think that's really how Better Beerov is setting up his business. He's doing everything correctly by having everything be advised through Al Heyman. And therefore, you know, his fights can be made a lot easier. Versus he doesn't need to, uh, he doesn't need to be enslaved to a top-ranked contract. And he doesn't need to listen to Bob Arum. He can easily get away from top rank and then just move forward with um, getting fights in through any other promotional stable. Because... Obviously, that's really what most people will argue to say. Oh well, you know, like um, we don't know um 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 like uh if the uh, fight like uh, between Bivol and Better Beer of what happened because you know Better Beer if he would top rank and Bivol he would match him so therefore Eddie and Bob Arum they don't like each other and that means that the fight can't happen and it's like that's some bullshit because we've seen guys like who um. I'll say Tiafima Lopez is a great example. He had to go to to zone uh, after he screwed up that trailer deal that could have been made between him and Cambosos for June of uh, that following last year, but obviously that didn't happen. So that's when Dazone came in and and they bought the fight. So that pretty much made you know the fight more exclusive to Dazone's rights. But as far as the business goes, like. If fighters want to fight, it doesn't matter what network it, it really is. It's just that at the rate of the competition of where the content is being spreaded on whatever platform, it's who's willing to put up the money for both fighters for them to take the fight, and therefore they have a better opportunity to be successful. And I think the biggest issue with that is just that in, in boxing, this is the only sport in the world where the business is actually really that difficult for, you know, the dumb casuals to understand, but to a more uh, highly pedigree advanced level for people that understand business in general, boxing is probably one of the easiest sports to understand the the, the uh, business of boxing because it's just one person fighting another guy. Uh, but the problem is, is that you have to make sure that the uh, money's right because you don't want to be fighting somebody for, like, you know, chump change, you know. Like, you obviously want to fight somebody that's worthwhile for your career and therefore you have a good name under your resume to say all right look i fought him or fought her so you'll you can't make the excuse to say that this fighter is ducking that fighter and i kind of wish that boxing was just set up in a like um it was set up in a universalized you know marketized fight league where it's like the nba or all the other major sports where everybody has to fight each other early and late in their careers so Basically, all the fighters are, are tested early, and there's no, like, ducking and dodging. Because if you look at the UFC, everyone fights each other. You look at Bellator MMA, everyone fights each other. And, I mean, that's a good idea, too, to have networks act as promotional stables. But 
the problem is is just that those networks can rig their own can rig their like uh, like uh, their own um, rankings but then again if they are having to listen to the consumer then it really can't can't um, um, can't be rigged because it's like in the UFC everyone fights each other there's really no ducking and dodging in that sport for for MMA but the problem is just that you have to look at it from a like you know, from a blind eyes, you know, uh, like um, like um, perspective, that um, the fights that are being made there are being made to just give the guarantee purse, but there's really not that much money being you know expanded to a higher level, because in boxing, boxing really offers more money where you do have your guarantee, but on top of that, you also have other sponsorships coming behind it. Where you're able to get more money and you don't have to worry so much about that because, like you know, if, if like if you're like a big name, like a Oscar De La Hoya or Manny Pacquiao, you don't need to worry so much about the money because like because your money is going to be coming through the outside, you know, um, the outside sponsorships that that will support you because um, like um, obviously like um, people people have seen that with fighters. Like uh, Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, and Floyd Mayweather, where they've been put on multiple commercials, you know, time and time again, and and they get paid like millions of dollars, like you know, to do it. So I don't know, man. I think honestly, like to to make the sport a lot lot easier, the fighters need to become their own promotional bosses, and they need to start handling their their own business as a marketize, you know. Um, as a marketized business, I don't know, but I don't like having promoters control boxing, and then obviously the sanction bodies is like the biggest issue as well, because the sanction bodies are, are the biggest like um, reason why boxing is failing, because you have all these you know nonsensical belts that take your money away, and then on top of that, the state comes in come comes in to take more money out of you, which is very very evil on both ends because where because where is that money going to for like you know f like like uh, for the uh, sanction bodies like you know like is it, like um is it going to help out the fighters or is it going to help out other people for other political interests and that's pretty much at the same argument for people trying to say oh well boxing needs to have like a union no the fuck it doesn't no it doesn't because if you really think about it when you unionize something, especially having, like, yeah, yeah, like, especially having, like, the state involved, like, um, with it, you're also taking more money away from the fighters, and you're also eliminating the options that fighters want with their financial gains for getting the fights that they want to be made, so therefore the unions behind it, on top of sanction bodies that will be politicized with them, can easily screw over a fighter's career to the point where you don't even know what the hell's happening behind closed doors. So, do you really think that's a good, like a, like a, that's a good, ideal solution to fix, like, like a, the a problem? No, it's either get rid of sanction bodies or else let fighters um, become their own bosses in boxing, where everything's really, you know, said through the, like, through the uh, fighters. Because I'm sick and tired of these fighters trying to say like, oh well. I can't do business correctly. I need to have certain people do, you know, like on uh, my business because if I say something wrong, then I'm going to be, you know, put on the spot for something that I say. No, motherfucker, you are you are you are your own fighter and you are your own boss at, at the end of the day. You don't have anybody to look up to other than yourself because you're the one that's fighting, not your promotional stable um like uh, members that that um represent you. So I just find it really weird that for the business of boxing, you have these weird stories of fighters that that are really, really good, you know, up-and-coming talents. But when you look at how their promoter treats them and how they've been, you know, dealt with with their financial struggles between their promoters and other fighters that they have fought, you know, like, it's just like a circle jerk, you know, circus fest of absolute corruption where... The business of boxing should just be simple, where you are your own boss, you have nobody telling you what to do, and if you eliminate the sanction bodies along with the state, you know, interference in boxing, where markets have more control with deciding how the business should be settled between two fighters that are going to fight, 
that would make the sport way better. Because look at, you know, all the other major sports, like the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, all these major sports are, like, they're able to get stuff done a lot easier because the business is not being corrupted for the players. And granted, some idiots would, like, uh, like um, will probably tell me, oh, well, take a look at the NBA. They have, like, a union, and their players' union is doing well. And it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not doing well because of the players that are probably wanting that union are not even getting benefited with them. And if anything, the NBA is, is such a large organization to the point where the need of having a, a union is just another dumb example of trying to beg for more money because you didn't get paid your extra couple million dollars because you're just a hyper-entitled piece of crap that doesn't want to work harder harder to earn more money to which like that's really like uh, that's really the biggest issue um for those big big major sports is just that when players ask for more money they're not asking for the need of having that money they're just asking for it because um they're just being too greedy to the point where they don't want to work harder to actually you know uh, um um get the bigger bag so i just find it really weird for like uh, for boxing a lot of these fighters that want the like uh, the uh, bigger checks in the sport they can't go through the hard route they want to go through the um easier route because they try to take the blueprint from Floyd Mayweather to try to say that oh well Floyd Mayweather did this he did that but you have to understand that there was two different versions of Floyd Mayweather before he hit the pretty boy version and then the money Mayweather version and and the money Mayweather version evolved from the pretty boy version where the pretty boy version had to fight all the toughest level opposition members that he had to fight in order to get up to the money mayweather version and for those of you that don't know the pretty boy version of Floyd mayweather he was knocking everybody out he was beating them up he was doing everything out of the impossible where he was beating up you know guys like like you know um like a Gennaro um, Hernandez, where he won his first title at like what twenty-one years old. He came into the sport at like nineteen, and he got his very first um, title shot at twenty-one with like seventeen plus fights. But then, leading forward into all the other big fights, he fought guys like Diego Corrales. Um, he fought uh, who else? Um, he fought Arturo Gatti. Like he fought all the tough tough ass names that nobody would expect him to do uh, but people try to shrug that away to say oh well i don't need to do all that hard extra work i just want to fight bums and fight people that i can easily beat and then i can just easily make myself a bigger name just like that and that doesn't work like that you can't be up to the high level if you're not fighting the high level and that's why like guys like terence crawford and all these like you know, nonsensical piece of shit fighters that are not that good in boxing, like Lomachenko, Canelo Alvarez, all these guys are taking a discount in fighting the least amount of risk of opposition to get the easiest form of a payday given to them. And that's my biggest issue because it's like guys like Archer Betterbeerov, he should deserve bigger money because he is fighting the best opposition that's put in front of him. Granted, he should. Um, 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 he should have been, you know, undisputed years ago, or should have fought for undisputed years ago, when him and Bivol basically could have fought, and then they could have unified for the WBO, but it's like, 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 obviously the problem in, like, in any weight division and boxing is obviously the business. If you're not able to put out the money for the fighter to just come to the table, and then negotiate the possible splits then that's where the business is either screwed up or it can work out between both parties but the biggest issue between this issue for better beer if and dimitri bevel is that if the money ain't gonna be right why like like um like um why should dimitri bevel and and art to better beer fight and i think honestly it um if this fight does happen sometime soon um i would like to see it Possibly for pay-per-view. I wouldn't mind it because it's like, look, Dimitri Bivol, he fought on pay-per-view up against, you know, Canelo Alvarez. So he should be the quote-unquote A-side 
and the fight should be you know hosted out in Russia or just bring it back out here to the to the um, um, United States so I don't know that's just something that I figured that I put that out there because Dimitri Bevel he went through the hard route of uh, you know taking all the most uh, difficult challenges and not to say that better beer if he hasn't gotten tested as well it's just that his level of opposition is like nowhere near Bivol's opposition because Bivol, he basically fought like you know all the top names like like guys like Sullivan Barrera, um, Joe Smith Jr. and um, who else? Uh, I want to say maybe that's about it. Maybe I'm not too sure. Like I gotta take a look back at at his um resume, but. Bivol, he's a very good, well accomplished fighter. Oh, and all of like like um and um obviously uh uh Canelo Alvarez, like like uh, most definitely. Canelo Alvarez is pretty much Bivol's biggest name on his resume where he should basically be given like way more money. But that's neither here or, or like uh, neither here nor there. But um let's talk about uh Abraham Nova um and Robesi Ramirez, for those of you that don't know, Abraham Nova unfortunately got knocked out. Um, he lost to Robesi Ramirez in a fifth round KO. Uh, I believe it, it was like a left hook that hit him that, that he didn't see. And obviously the punches that you don't see in boxing usually end up hurting you pretty bad. And uh, like uh, that's what happened to um, Abraham. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to get back up. Uh, some people, some people, like, um, were being very disrespectful, trying to, uh, disrespect them, trying to say that Abraham Nova, he's washed up, he's not that good, blah, 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 he'll never become a world champion, and my response to all of you is that, how about you get up in, inside that ring, and you, and, and you do it yourself, if you think he's garbage, go tell your favorite fighters to go line themselves up to fight Abraham Nova, and let's see what happens. Because I guarantee you Abraham Nova would beat the living crap out of you and everybody else that you think that that could that could potentially beat him. Because what Abraham Nova went through to, you know, unfortunately lose to Robesi Ramirez, which he is a good fighter, but he's not like superior that good. I wouldn't like um um I wouldn't even say he's better than Abraham. It's just that Abraham had more of like a like um he had more of a physical disadvantage with him cutting all that muscle and weight off to fight Robesi but but I, but um I'm going to get to that very soon but either way the problem that I had with this fight was that Abraham didn't need to fight Robesi but I guess as far as like what people wanted as far as Abraham's next opponent because, um, remind you, Abraham Nova, prior to him winning uh, his fight up against uh, William Encarnacion, in which he was a last-minute um, replacement because he was supposed to fight Jose um, Enrique Vivas, in which uh, he had recently lost his fight not too long ago. But basically, they were... Him and, him and Jose were supposed to fight each other. And I guess uh, after that, um, him and um, Robesi were supposed to see each other soon. So that's where the issue came in between Abraham Nova and Emmanuel Navarrete, which um, I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, please go, please go check out Kind uh, um, Local Sports on on um, YouTube. But um, there was a moment in that video where he spoke with Abraham, and Abraham said that he tried to make the the uh, um, Emmanuel Navarrete fight. <laughs> And surprisingly, Emmanuel Navarrete, um, he tried to say that he didn't want to fight Abraham because he wasn't getting enough money, like you know, for the fight. So Abraham was like, "All right, well, I'll give you part of like my purse if that helps for you to, you know, take the fight." So Navarrete still said no, and surprisingly, that's where we ended up in the situation now with Abraham losing to Robesi Ramirez, which is, like, you know, obviously unfortunate, but I just find it really stupid now, because Navarrete, he, he, he made himself look a lot worse by not taking the Abraham Nova fight, because that's officially a duck in anybody's book, but it's like, 
to say that Abraham Nova's garbage and he can't be a world champion when he got avoided by the world champion himself, Navarrete, that didn't want to make the fight with him, that just like uh, that just pretty much explains everybody's you know retarded bluff to be put down to the dirt because it's like Abraham Nova didn't do anything but just say hey let's just fight because if you do believe that you are the best in, in in your division you should at least take the fight with Abraham Nova if you wanted to be that guy to knock him out which I don't even see Navarrete knocking him out um, if anything um, I probably would see Abraham Nova knocking out Navarrete because he is a much bigger guy and he has like the skills to uh, defensively, you know, um, break him down. But I think I think either way, look, the biggest problem with this whole situation is that Navarrete really screwed up the opportunity to fight Abraham. But Abraham, he obviously didn't have the physical capacity to keep up at 126 because you can easily tell that it's not his natural weight class. And he's really never fought at 126 before. He's fought at, like, a catch weight at, like, what, 127? Um, like, I believe in, like, two or three fights um, in his past uh, career. So my biggest issue that I really had with him fighting at 126 was that he looked very drained. He didn't have all of his power. Because him at 130, if you just take a look at the comparisons at 130... He's able to take punches very, very well, and he's able to eat them, you know, very, very easily to the point where he's able to walk you down if he doesn't respect your power at 130. But at 126, it just made it look very susceptible that he doesn't have enough hydration needed to take those shots at 126. And obviously the very first, you know, opponent that he had at 126 was Richard Pomipich, that Filipino dude and Pumit like a like a Pumit pitch, um, he's not that much of a puncher himself, but he can but um, he has decent crack to the point where he's able to give you some semi respect. But but Abraham Nova was still looking like he was drained. He didn't look like his his normal self fighting at one twenty six, and the punch resistance looked very weak. And then. Leading into the next fight, which I was personally there with my grandfather at the Turning Stone Casino back in January, but fast forward into that fight at at the like, um um at um one twenty six, he still looked like he was he was a bit drained. He fought a lot better. He 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 fought like he had more gas up uh, um um up inside the tank, and he was able to to take shots a lot easier. But still. William Encarnacion is still not a heavy-handed puncher, but he gave Abraham a, a tough, sturdy test to the point where Abraham, he did not look hydrated enough in that fight. And therefore, he was still able to get the job done. He was hurting um, um, Encarnacion very well, but the problem still remained is just that his power is not there, his rehydration fluids are not there, and he looked like he was gassing out a lot quicker in the fight. Because he is not a natural 126 pounder. So, leading into this fight with Robesi Ramirez, it's the same thing. But the problem was is that Robesi was trying to force Abraham to fight his fight. And Robesi was able to uh, facilitate the, uh, uh, the fighting style that he was able to take away from Abraham Nova's fighting style, and then he just intercepted it into his own style, which was very, very smart because Robesi, he doesn't usually do that. He usually just tries to go in there, try to box, and then if he can hit you, he can hit you. But the biggest issue with Robesi Ramirez is that he has this cocky attitude, which that's not too much of like a problem. I don't have too much of like a, too much uh, beef up against fighters that that um that um want to be cocky, but. At the end of the uh, day, uh, Robesi Ramirez is the type of person to act like he's the best in the world, but he's really not showing you why he is really, you know, the best. Because he tries to act like he is that good, but he's really not. Because, you know, even though that the Abraham Nova fight did well into his favor, he wasn't really displaying high-level boxing IQ. 
he just managed to, to hit Abraham Nova with some good shots, and Abraham Nova's physical, you know, punch resistance just didn't look good from the beginning. Because you can tell he's not naturally hydrated to be a one to like a like a to be a physically fit 126 pounder fighter. See now, if that fight was at 130, I think Abraham Nova would stop him, just simply because that when Nova was hurting, you know, Robesi, those punches that had a little bit more pop to it, if he was like fighting at 130, would have stopped, you know, uh, like um definitely. Um, um, it would have knocked out, uh, uh, um, Robesi Ramirez, and, um, Robesi Ramirez showed that, um, Abraham Nova was able to hurt him, uh, but, uh, but, um, Robesi was trying so hard to, like, let Nova punch himself out, and then eventually, Robesi, he could start pounding on him, and then he was able to be, to, uh, to be, um, successful. So, I think the biggest issue taken from this, uh, situation is that, Abraham Nova, he's not a washed-up fighter because he obviously lost to a better man that just had, you know, the better strategy, but it doesn't show that Abraham Nova is a low-level fighter, losing to a guy that isn't special himself. Uh, but I do believe Abraham Nova, if if he were to rematch uh, 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 um, Robesi Ramirez, um, he would brutally stop him if that fight was at 130 or you know, any other weight class other than 126, because I think the weight did play a, a huge factor into why he lost, because he's not a natural 126 pounder, and um, I think, honestly, the, like, you know, the biggest issue with Abraham Nova is that he really thought he could, he could test out the waters at 126, which isn't bad, but at the same time, when you are putting risk at, at like, like, you know, for your health, to be put in a really, really bad position where you could potentially hurt yourself and kill yourself, like, knowing that boxing, you know, is a dangerous sport, um, that's, like, really bad to do, and that's just a absolute no-go that he should have never done. Because if he were to fight at 130 or were to stay at 130, I think his chances of getting knocked out would be a lot more slimmer versus of where we've seen him take some big shots at 130 don't get it twisted but he's able to eat them and and still come at you and um i can say that just by looking at how he's been fighting ever since i've actually met him in person and he's a very very you know nice uh, stand-up person and he knows how to keep keep everything professional and keep it um how should i say keep it very factual but when i've seen him fight for the first time at the Turnstone Casino, I can tell that he fights a lot better at 130 because the 126 version of him just doesn't look like he carries enough power because he can hit. He has like an Errol Spence type of, you know, punching, like a, like a power punching, like, you know, um, type of style where he's able to hurt you and, and, um, and um, immobilize you. Uh, but the problem is, is just that he doesn't, get into his rhythm until he picks it up in, in, in the middle or later portions um, of the um, rounds. So, I think at the end of the day, Abraham Nova, he should go back up to 130, and I think we're going to see a much better version of him, and I would like to see him face any fighter out of up the top 100. Um, preferably, I think he should probably go after a guy like I mean, I personally want to mind to see, like, an Oscar Valdez fight, because if you could knock him out and you could beat him, <laughs> that would be a absolute, uh, like, um, a, a um, absolute tr a tremendous um, victory. So, I think, um, honestly, for Abraham Nova's, you know, benefit, um, I, think, I think he should take some time off, and then when he goes back up to 130, he could either just fight somebody that is a uh, tune-up fight, Somebody that's, uh, you know, at the same level as him, but they're able to, you know, be a, a good sturdy test where he's able to just get back into the winning column. And then I would say from there on, you can move forward with uh, heading into the heading into the world title stage. But I think, honestly, maybe for starters, looking at the rankings on BoxRec, in which I don't really, you know, give two craps about BoxRec, um, box like, you know, like um, ratings, but... I think he should go after a guy like Thomas Matisse, 
or maybe William Foster the third. I think I think he could very well defeat him. Or he could probably face um I don't know, maybe Albert Bell or my or or uh, Muhammad um Yakubov. I don't know. Uh there's a lot of deadly names here. Maybe Joan O'Carroll. That would be a, a good fight because Jono, he really can't hit. And Abraham, he could do very well up against southpaws that don't have that much power that are actually, you know, semi-peer boxers. But I think I think a Jono Carroll victory would be a very, very good victory. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, honestly, just, just you know, looking at the, the uh, political landscape for, um, for 130 j- just shows that that um he uh, um he can easily get back up there um into the winning column and i think he will uh like um see himself fight a lot better at his natural weight because i think honestly if we want to be you know honest if he didn't have this weight issue to begin with and he was able to do the things that we wanted him to do then i would you know, take it with a grain of salt and say, okay, that's fine. But at the same time, if you know you fight better at 130 versus fighting at 126, then I think that's where you need to stay at because you would have fought way better. But I think that's really the biggest problem with Abraham Nova. He just didn't understand that his natural weight is is basically at um what call it at 130 versus at like a uh, versus not being there at, at 126 and i just think his his punching power his his uh his um what his uh, uh like um his um punch resistance and everything that he has set there uh is set way better at 130 um and, and um and um above at other you know potential weight classes so that's pretty much what i have to say about mr abraham supernova um, I respect him like like uh, like um a lot, and um, I really hope he does come back and put himself back into the winning column for um, Albany, New York, because you know that's where he uh, made his um his uh um how should I say that's where he made his um his um history be known here. Um, he was actually born in uh, Puerto Rico, for those of you that don't know, and. Um, he basically uh, like uh, moved out from Puerto Rico over to I think uh, I think here in Albany, New York, after his parents had had moved out to Boston, Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken, and then he made uh, the move out here to Albany when he was um, um, I guess um, like um, younger in the past. So either way, that's pretty much it. Like you know, Abraham Nova, he's a very very good. Um, like um, likable figure out here, and um, unfortunately for those of you that don't know, uh, Trevor Bryan, he was like our only, you know, quote unquote champion out here in Albany. To which um, I don't really consider the WBA, you know, regular heavyweight belt to to be like a championship. If anything, that's just like another interim title. But yeah, I guess if people want to consider that to be a belt, Trevor Bryan was a champion when he lost it to to uh, Mr. Daniel Dubois out of the UK, but either way, I hope Abraham, he can actually get a real title, and um, hopefully we get to see him shine and take over multiple divisions, because I do believe he he is a threat um, at 130 and above, but to have him at 126, I'm not a fan of that. I think um, he fights way, way better at 130 and above. And he just has more, um, how should I say, he has more uh, breathing room to rehydrate and look a lot fresher at 130 and other weight classes. So that's pretty much it, man. Um, I'll also talk about the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, whatchamacallit, the, um, the Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez and, and Serang Visay fight. Um, I think as far as this fight goes, I think Sir Rungvisai will have, um, how should I say, he'll have good advantages. Um, he'll have the, the the opportunity to do the things that he wants to do to Jesse, to Jesse Rodriguez. But I just think, honestly, based off of like what I'm seeing here, as far as like what Sir Rungvisai 
can do to Jesse is that he has a good puncher's chance, but as far as boxing ability wise, I don't like like I don't think Sir Bumbisa is going to, you know, be able to box Jesse. And I mean, you know, just by looking at, you know, um Sir Bumbisa's, you know, resume, he's just more of a like a like um he's more of a um like um whatchamacallit. He's more of just like a power puncher rather than just being like this super ultra, you know, great boxer puncher. Because he just goes in there and he just basically knocks you out. <laughs> um, I, 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 like, like to me, I personally think uh, Sir Rungvi Sai will have a very, very good chance to actually hurt Jesse. But as far as how I'm seeing this fight go down, I think Jesse has a very good chance to knock him out. But the problem with Jesse is that he's five foot four with a 67 inch arm reach. And then Sir Vungvisai is five foot three, with with a sixty three point five percentage um, um, arm reach. So I mean, you know, the arm reach advantage will be on Jesse's side. But the problem with Jesse is that if he puts himself in a bad position, where Sir Vungvisai can easily offset him and actually um, put him in a bad spot then I think what Sir Rungvisai will do is that he will catch him with something, like, uh, like, um, with, with uh, something heavy, and if Jesse can't can't take that punch, then I think Sir Rungvisai will easily knock him out. Because if he does have the ability to hurt Sir Rungvisai, then I think Jesse can win. But if Sir Rungvisai has the ability to hurt Jesse then Sir Rungvisai is going to knock out Jesse very bad. Because he's a heavy-handed guy. No matter what you guys try to think about the super flyweight division, as much as I, I like like as much as I don't care about the super flyweight division, but I can say that the super flyweight division it is stacked. But it's like the problem with this division is that no one gives two craps about it. And I don't give a crap about it either. But I think honestly the only big names that you could say that actually develops, you know, good marketing is just, it, it, like, it's obviously Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez, and then I say Juan Francisco Estrada, which he hasn't been back in the ring since forever, and then I probably say Kazuto Ioka, and then maybe Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, but other than that, that's pretty much it, but Sir Rungvisai, he hasn't been back in boxing for quite Sometime he's been out of the ring since uh, March of last year, uh, back in 2021. So I don't know. I think honestly, Sir Rungvisai he has a lot of proving to do if he wants to keep himself back in, back into the mix. But I think with um, all this uh, fighting experience that he does have, um, he just needs to uh, keep himself. You know, very um, how should I say? He needs to keep himself uh, like I'm um, very um, um, educated. <laughs> And he just needs to, you know, make the fight comfortable in, in his own, you know, speed of tempo. But I think uh, Sir Vangvisai, he can get the victory. But I think Jesse's going to come out there with uh, flaming, flaming, um, whatchamacallit. He's going to come out there with uh, flaming, you know, um, pressure. And um, I think Rungvisai, he's going to go in there, try to take his time. But once he hurts Jesse... I think it can be game over, like you know, for Jesse. But I don't know. It's gonna be a very interesting fight. I'm not. I'm not really too big into um, the um, what you call it, the super flyweight division, because um, remind you, the super flyweight division is really not that, you know, um, interesting. Like the only people that actually make it, like that actually make it um, um, interesting, are the ones that definitely, you know, get the knockout victory. But that's very much it. I mean, honestly, I think weight classes in boxing need to be stripped out of the picture. They need to be completely removed. So, I don't know. I think I think a guy like Jesse Bam Bam Rodriguez, he should obviously, you know, be fighting at one, like um, one eighteen or maybe one twenty two. I would like to see him fight at like bantamweight or super bantamweight, but to have a man cut down and weight all the way to 115 pounds 
and lower. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like seeing the 111 and the and the 115 and the 108 and the 105 pounders. You cannot weigh like like 105 pounds. <laughs> I'm just sorry. You cannot weigh like that if you're that short. You have to be at least like 126 or at least 118 pounds. But I think honestly, like like uh, like, like these um weight classes, like these weight classes and boxing, like like uh they need to be taken out. Uh, there needs to be at least like a set limitation of weight classes that you have to stay at and you stay there. If you want to weigh under, you know, 118 pounds, fine, go for it. But the, 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 like, the actual standard max weight for each weight class should be like 126 through, let's just say, 135 pounds. And then it starts from 140 to like 160. And then from like 168 to like 190 pounds or something and then from 190 pounds to to heavyweight or something i don't know but <laughs> that's just something that i figure that i put that out there but that's very much my take on it um i don't really have that much else to really say uh let me know what you guys think do you think jesse bam bam rodriguez has a chance to beat sir wrong and um let me know your thoughts on mr abraham supernova and arthur better bureau's you know victory um, yeah, shout out to Abraham Supernova, like, I hope he does well, um, in his next fight, and, um, I hope you, um, recover fast, and you get back onto the winning, to the winning column to represent Albany, New York, so, shout out to Mr. Supernova, uh, 518 strong, 24-7, and that's pretty much it, man, so, I'll see you guys later, and have a great day. Oh, and also happy, um, uh, like, a belated Father's Day to all the hardworking dads out there. And also happy, um, like, um, Abolition Day, a.k.a. Juneteenth. Um, I usually just call it Abolition Day because, you know, that's basically Freedom Day, you know, for obviously slavery being quote-unquote ended, and which it really wasn't, but I definitely pay homage and pay um, respects to all these, you know, like, to all these successful uh, black American abolitionists and the Americans in general that had aided to get rid of physical form of slavery. So uh, much respect to all those um, historical figures like Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, um, all those big names. So um, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Have a great day. And I will see you guys next week for the fight week four. Uh, I don't even know who the hell's fighting next week, but all I know is that Oh, wait, actually, um, isn't Ryan Garcia fighting very soon? I'm not too sure, but either way, I'll keep you guys updated for next week, and I'll see you guys soon, and we'll talk more on the next episode of this podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening to this um, to this uh, fire episode of the K-Rod Sports and Gaming Universe um, once again, and I will see you guys later. Peace and goodbye.